You're listening to Watching Friends on the Greenlit Podcast Network. To find more great shows like this one, visit greenlitpodcasts.com. Welcome back to Watching Friends. I'm Ryan, and I want good things for the rainforest and bigger boobs. And I'm Mark, and I have an arse like Carol's. <laughs> uh, this is the one with George Stephanopoulos. Did I, say that? Did I say that right? I don't know who he is, so I'm just going to say yes. <laughs> uh, I will explain later on who he is. Um, but yeah, so I guess we should just get right into the episode, really. Yeah. Uh, so we have a less sexual start to uh, this episode. Um, and the question of the day is, what would you do if you're omnipotent for a day? Okay, okay. If I were omnipotent for a day, I would want um, world peace, no more hunger, good things for the rainforest, and bigger boobs. Well, so you took mine. Chandler, what about you? Uh, if I were omnipotent for a day, I'd... Make myself omnipotent forever. Say, there's always one guy. If I had a wish, I'd wish for three more wishes. <laughs> hey, Joey. Hey, buddy. Hey, Joey, what would you do if you were omnipotent? Probably kill myself. <laughs> Excuse me? Hey, if little Joey's dead, then I got no reason to live. <laughs> so this is the first time we see Joey acting a, a bit dumb, I guess. Yeah, a bit dense. <laughs> bit classic Joey. Uh, but if he was omnipotent for a day, what would you do? I actually have no idea. I, don't, I wouldn't trust myself with that power. <laughs> I'd just immediately give it up. I'd be like, no, can't have it. I, I think it would be like Death Note where you'd just be like, right, I'm going to write all the wrongs that, are wrong, that I feel are wrong and you'd probably cause things to get worse. I don't know. I think if anything, I just nice things will start happening. <laughs> I think I'm soft. Yeah. Everyone wins the lottery. Yeah. Oh, oh, wait, that doesn't change anything. <laughs> no. uh, we then have our uh, our normal intro. So that that was like a nice nice introduction to to an episode with you know just casual chat rather than relationships. Yes, again. It was. It did make me think that Phoebe was omnipotent and wanted to solve world hunger. I don't even think being all powerful would solve Joey's hunger. Always <laughs> <laughs> yeah. hungry. He's like, nope. But but Chandler is the snacker, as we uh, discussed in yeah, the first episode. So. <laughs> uh, we we go back to the coffee shop where Phoebe is fast asleep. Would you look at her? She's so peaceful. Yeah. No! Ah, what? 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 Hi. It's okay, you know, you just nodded off again. Uh, what's going on with you? I got no sleep last night. Why? My grandmother has this new boyfriend. <laughs> and they're both kind of insecure and bad. So, and deaf. <laughs> so they're constantly, like, having to reassure each other that they're having a good time. You have no idea how loud they are. <laughs> Grim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all you can say. Uh, I mean, it didn't take long for friends to start talking about sex again. Yeah. Um, which they hadn't because, you know, there's some off putting about Obi having sex, even though there shouldn't be. You know, it's a beautiful expression of feelings. It should be fine. But at the same time, ugh. Well, I, I guess for her it's worse because it's family yeah, as no one well. Wants to hear that. Um, 
but obviously she's not she's not living in her own house at this point so i guess she's she's staying with her grandma um yeah grim i think i think that's what you can say <laughs> yeah I, I think we should we should quickly move on with uh joey and chandler enter yes, <laughs> <laughs> uh the and the guys give uh ross birthday uh tickets to a hockey match oh, we've, but, we've skipped a bit i love so oh, have we? as they enter, Joey's counting. It's like, <laughs> no, seven, no, eight, one hundred. I told you it was a hundred steps from our apartment to here, and I love it because it's such a stupid bloke thing to do. It's just like an off-the-cuff comment of, oh, "This takes this long," and you're like, "Whatever, let's prove it." It's just to me, it was just blokes being blokes. I was like, "Yeah, stupid, complete waste of time, not productive in the slightest." But that's what we find him doing. Is, is that your line of the show? I don't know. It just made me chuckle a lot because I was like, <laughs> they enter the they enter Central Park and they could just walk in and be like, "Hi guys," but they it just just they're having like, it makes them feel real, I guess, a little bit. They're having a conversation that is separate from the main plot at that point. It's just those two doing something together. So, so it's not like uh, Cheers where someone wants in, they go, "Norm, hi." Unfortunately, and... no, they pull such awful <laughs> points in that show. <laughs> to digress, but every time I watch Cheers, which I love, I'm like, they can't pull points. Like if that was made today, they'd have to go to like a bar school to learn how to pour because <laughs> the half a point just head. And then Norm, the, the alcoholic, he's just like, "Yeah, I'll accept this." And I'm like, "No, he no, wouldn't. No, he, no wouldn't. he wouldn't. He wouldn't." Anyway, back to coffee shop. So yeah, so they give Ross uh, some birthday tickets to a hockey match, and we find out it's not actually Ross's birthday. Um, Ross's birthday swaps around a lot in the show, though. And he has several of he has one of them a few times. <laughs> yeah, he's 29 for a while, which. You know, I, I, you could almost say it's a, a thing most people do at 29. They're like, nope, I'm still 29. <laughs> Never going to be 30. But, you know, most of, the, most of the cast, as we've mentioned a few times, are meant to be in their mid-20s at this point. Uh, but the tickets remind Ross about Carol, the first time they uh, consummated their physical relationship with each other. Which, for some reason, Monica knows, which is just, ugh, back yeah. to the family and sex. He's just like... Why? Why would your sister know the first time you had sex? No. It, and, you know, you see this on uh, especially British TV a lot, where it'll be like uh, a girl like will tell her mum everything. Yeah. And that, I think, is a bit weird. Uh, but, you know, some people are like, no, that's fine. Like, you know, it's good to be open about this sort of stuff. But you have to wonder how Ross uh, told Monica. Like, I assume it's got to be something like a, a drunken where they've all just tend their stories, right? I mean, there's a difference between telling a parent about it. You know, you imagine that a son might, you know, kind of bravado-ishly tell their dad, oh, yeah. you know, this happened. <laughs> yeah. But why you tell your little sister that you just got your end away? I do <laughs> yeah. not know. Like, it's just yeah. weird. Yeah, I can, I can only assume it's, it's the group getting drunk and, and just chatting and telling their stories. But, uh, yeah, it's something you, you don't really want to know about your family, right? It's not. And it's still not the grossest thing in this episode. <laughs> no. That is, of course, the New York Rangers. But <laughs> we'll get to that later on. Uh, Ross goes home to uh, think about his ex-wife and her lesbian lover. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> yeah. uh, but the, the guys actually do convince him to, to go to the game. Uh, Rachel then uh, comes in and she talks about her uh, first wages. Isn't this exciting? I earned this. I wiped tables for it, I steamed milk for it, and it was totally not worth it. <laughs> Who's FICA? Why is he getting all my money? But <laughs> I want Chandler, look at that. Oh, this is not that bad. Oh, you're fine, yeah, for a first job. You can totally, totally live on this. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Hey, by the way, great service to me. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, to me, tipping culture is weird. Yes, I mean, we're English, so we live in a country that has minimum wage laws, adequate minimum wage laws. Um, obviously, America don't have anything close to the same adequate wage laws as we do. But having both been to America, tipping culture is something that always gets brought up. Whenever you tell someone you're going to America, they always say, make sure you tip. And it's this like, big social anxiety moment of like, but I hate tipping. Um, and I'm going to probably be hated for this, but I shouldn't have to support someone else's living by default. If they do a great job, I'll tip. If they don't, well, work harder. It's, it's a shame we don't have a Patreon right now because that would be a perfect <laughs> moment to mention it. Um, no, but you're, you're right because we're not a, a tipping culture. Like in the UK, you tip if the service is beyond anything you'd expect. It has to be exceptional. Yeah, and, and it's very rare to do that. Okay, you might tip the delivery driver, but that's because he's come out in the pouring rain to you. Yeah, uh, but but generally no, because the 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 waiter bringing the food from where you can see it on the counter over there to you, to me doesn't necessitate a tip. Really, no, I'm more likely going to want to tip the chef than the wait staff yeah. because, like you said, they've carried it from A to B um, and wrote down what I said I wanted. Now the the, the difference is, and I'm not totally sure if I would say this this happens to me a lot in America, but the difference is like in the UK, the staff just do their job. In America, they are meant to be much more tentative. And some places you'll find that in, in America where they will check, do you, do you need a drink? They'll see your drink is like nearly empty. They will fill it up for you. Whereas the UK, you're sitting there politely like staring for 20 to 30 minutes, hoping that uh, they will notice you. Because we, we don't make a fuss. No. Although, having said that, my first trip to New York... I was in a coffee shop, which I won't name because it was a lovely place full of lovely people. Um, me, my ex-girlfriend dragged me there for breakfast every day. And it was nice enough. But I sat down and we ordered breakfast and I asked for a cup of tea. English breakfast tea because apparently you need to be specific. And a couple of minutes go by. Service is pretty quick given how busy it was. A cup of tepid water arrived on the table with a tea bag on a plate next to it. And I was like... <laughs> What is this? Is this make your own? Like, do, you, do you need an knife and fork yeah. to cut up that tea bag? Would you like me to? Would you like me to go and grill my own bacon? Like what, what's happening here? Um, but being English, I don't say anything. And I'm like, well, I'm in America. Let's not make a fuss. And I'm like, so obviously I take the tea bag out, dip it in a few times, make myself a cup of tea, and it's just basically cold to begin with. And I'm like, Ugh. anyway, still eating. Time goes by, probably about four minutes, knowing me because I want more tea. So I then order another cup of tea. But this time, I'm like, no, I'm going to have to say something because. I don't want to drink this again. Um, so excuse me, explain how to make tea, you know, tea bag in, put the hot water in, then add the milk. And the, the waiter looks so confused. He's like, hmm, sorry. And I had to explain it to him several times. I'm like, right, you need to get boiling water. And I explained to how to use the tea. He toddles off, does what I asked him, comes back, which is great. He, you know, he did what the customer wanted, no problem. But then I'm sat there just completely like, how does he not know how to make tea? We're in Manhattan. It's <laughs> yeah. metropolitan. Like if we were in the middle of nowhere in America, fair enough, but I'm just a gog. And I remember saying to my ex at the time, I was like, I don't know whether he's done that on purpose. So I've got a nice English story to complain about uh, coming to America <laughs> or if he just didn't know how to make tea. No, uh, I feel like Americans don't know how to make tea, but it's, it's getting bigger over there. But that's the thing with, with service in America. Like you either get this amazing service where the staff are super attentive because they want, want your tips, I guess, 
Um, I'm sure we've both had um, female like wait staff flirt with us, despite your girlfriend being opposite you, uh, to get extra tips. As previously mentioned, I wouldn't notice. <laughs> you like, wouldn't we know. went to Hooters and I was oblivious. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just like yes, thank you. Can I, can I have some fries? Yeah. I wouldn't notice anyway. Um, but you know, I, and I've been into bars where I'd be like, "Oh, can I get a coke?" and and I'm expecting to pay for it, obviously. And they just go, "Oh, you know, just give me a tip." I'm like, "All right, okay, that's fine." I don't mind, mind giving you a couple of dollars and I'm like, how much do I pay for the drink? And they're like, no, it's free because like... It's just a soda. Yeah, yeah, to, to them. And I'm like, so it, it's, it's very odd and weird to us. And you're right, like you shouldn't be paying uh, the wages of someone in that way. They should be being paid a, a proper wage for, for the job they're doing. And it's so unscrupulous because my second trip to America, um, to New York, I'd become aware that a lot of times tips go in a tip jar and are then split between the staff and the management take a cut. Yeah. So I got to the point where when I felt like someone deserved a decent tip, I would say to them, is this for you? Or is it going to go in a tip jar and be split? Because I'm tipping you as an individual. I don't want to tip the other four people that I've not spoke to. Or, or, the, company or the company executives or whatever, yeah. And there's a, there's a famous cheesecake place um, up near Times Square. I don't know about name. But their policy seems to be the tips go in a jar and the company take a cut and everyone shares the tip at the end of the day. So I remember asking this and the waiter who served us looked at me and he was like, nodded. And then we tipped him. And then in the slickest like spy level gesture ever, he got slipped into his breast pocket <laughs> and then he carried on chatting to us. And he was so smooth. And I was like, nice. But that, that entertained me for the rest of the day because he, you know, he got his tip the way he deserved to get a tip. Because the, the tipping culture is the weirdest for me is that you tip even for bad service. Like you, you see it online all the time where people go, service was bad, but I still gave, you know, a 10 to 15% tip. And the, the percentage seems to go up. So when I first went to America, 10% was considered good, the norm. And now like 20 to 25% is what people now suggest for like okay service. And I'm like, okay, the, the food is technically cheaper sometimes, maybe not in New York so much. Yeah. Um, but then when you add on the tip, you're like, well, actually it's more expensive. And sometimes the service isn't that great. So if, it, if it is great, yeah, fine. They deserve it. Yeah. Because they've been attentive and whatever. But, but when you've got bad service, I would not tip for bad service thinking, oh, well, it's, you know, because they're, they're not earning a lot of money. Like, no, that was bad service. Like, you, you, you didn't do the job. So, so why would you be being paid for it? Yeah, it's just, no. And it, it's when companies add it to the bill automatically. And you see in the small print, like, we've added a 15, 20, whatever percent gratuity charge. And I'm like, why? Now you've put me in the really awkward position of having to ask you to take it off. Yeah, which is just which is more uncomfortable. So I'm just I mean, tipping you because you're forcing me to. It's yeah. almost like I feel like I'm being robbed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but you know, maybe if if you're you're an American listener or a listener from a different country that does tip in, maybe you can educate us. So uh, you can you can write us an email on the uh, watchingfriends.com website. Uh, we'll probably read them out in a future episode at some point. So yeah, and then uh, Rachel's old friends walk in, uh, which I won't play the clip for due to the ear-piercing screams. Oh, so annoying. <laughs> uh, but this, this gives us a bit of a glimpse into to who Rachel used to be. Uh, a kept housewife type, I guess, uh, who spent all her day relaxing and, and shopping, basically. A bit of a socialite. Yes. Uh, before, I guess, that was really a thing. Yeah, just spoiled daddy's girl, really. What, yeah. she, what she looked like in the first episode with, I'm a shoe, I'm a shoe. <laughs> Uh, as a quick aside, we see uh, Gumpfer in the background a lot here. We do. Uh, and uh, did you know originally he was actually meant to be like a father figure type character to the friends? 
That makes Heath Crusher and Rachel seem really creepy. It does. So, like, the, the, basically the network executives wanted you know, someone old and wiser to, to give them their knowledge. And I, I get the idea. I, it just would be weird. I get it, but casting Gunther in that role would have been ridiculous. Like, he doesn't yeah. look remotely... <laughs> no, he doesn't. Wise, no. does he? <laughs> but, but basically, he, he was picked uh, for the role because he actually knew how to use the machines. <laughs> that's amazing uh, so th- this is why you actually don't hear anything from him till like season 2 but he's always in the background because he knows what he's doing so he's a he's a regularly occurring extra I guess rather than just random he's almost a prop at this point he's just like he can use the doohickeys uh, yeah. <laughs> like get him in uh, but he does have like a very unique look anyway compared to anyone else who's, who's in the the place he does um, but yeah we get we actually then get a rare outdoor scene on the streets of New York I assume on the streets in New York, because it's America. It it's going anyway. to be a lot. Yep. Most of the friends were shot on a lot, to be fair. Not a lot of it was shot on location. I don't know. A lot of this looks like real, but I, I don't know. Maybe... maybe Man, the, Magic yeah. of TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, where Ross is reminded of Carol by everything from the boots in the shops to a peach pit on the floor. Ugh. Just, I mean, we've all been through tough breakups, and you know, anniversaries aren't you know, particularly pleasant occasions after... God, Ross is infuriating. Yeah. Just, I'd have left him. He's ruining the hockey. I'd have just left him alone. He's just, <laughs> it, it, just neurotic with it, isn't he? So It's just like, relentless. Like, oh, Carol wore boots. Yeah. And, and as Joey says, you know, that one's got, got an ass like it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a great line. Like, how he thinks he's being helpful. It's like, yeah. what I thought we were saying things. <laughs> yeah. No, Joey, that's not helpful. Uh, back at the coffee house, you know, Rachel's friends are, are there discussing her ditching Barry and what she's going to do with her life now. Um, because, you know, you could look at it as they're, they're looking out for her, but at the same time, I feel like they're looking down on her as if she's moving on from them. Well, I think they're, they're kind of like Rachel's dad, and they see it as this like weird little experiment slash reaction to ditching Barry at the altar, and it's not Rachel evolving as a person. It's just this temporary blip. Yeah. Uh, we then have the, the Visa card people call Rachel because they're worried about her not using her card. Which is hilarious. I don't know if that would happen, but it's insanely predatory. If that happened in the UK, you'd immediately be on the phone to some kind of ombudsman service. <laughs> yeah. like, they're trying to make me get into debt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're trying to make me spend money. They're concerned. Like, no, they, they wouldn't care. I had my card blocked once. Um, and when I called the bank to find out why, they're like, unusual activity on your account. And this episode reminds me of it. I'm like, okay, please explain what the unusual activity was. And like, you spent £64 at the comic shop. And I'm like, uh-huh. I'm like, if there's a week where I don't spend money at the comic shop, <laughs> yeah. that's unusual activity. <laughs> then you can call me. <laughs> I thought, a, I worked there, and B, I've been shopping there every week for the past, or at that point, 14 years. Yeah. So I was, like, I was like, why is this flagged? Why one week is this flagged and hasn't the rest? But this episode always reminds me of that. You should feel great about yourself. You're doing this amazing independent thing. Monica, what is so amazing? I gave up, like, everything. And for what? You are just like Jack. Jack from downstairs? No, Jack and the Beanstalk. <laughs> ah, the other Jack. Yeah, right. See, he gave up something, but then he got those magic beans. And then he woke up, and there was this, this big plant outside of his window full of possibilities and stuff. And he lived in a village, and you live in the village. <laughs> so I think we've all being in Rachel's situation where you know you lose your job or something happens and you're like I'm giving up everything yeah like your whole life's just falling apart yeah 
Um, so we, we, we find about the crisis of, of you know, what she's given up and having to, to be independent, I guess, for the first time. And it's made even tougher you know, having a, the life she has now in a low-paid job yep. in an area of the city she can't afford. Although, actually, we don't know where Rachel lives at this point. I assume she's gone back home. I assume she's still living with Monica. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she's with Monica now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she's staying yes, there yes. rent-free, I guess. I don't know. Yes, I was, I was thinking, where, where is she now? No, no, she, she's with Monica. So, yeah, so, so they're in Soho, uh, an expensive part it's of cheap. New York. But she's, you know, and she's, she's getting tips as wages. Yeah, well, she has that classic kind of where's my life going rant about everyone she knows is getting promoted or married or pregnant. And yeah. The classic, like, comparing yourself to what society expects of you, especially in the case of women. It's normally a lot more... So it's a lot more judgmental, like, oh, you're this age and haven't got married or a child, and it's just... Yeah, you, you have life goals of, like, you know, 25, marriage, before 30, kids, before 35, career, etc. Like, men, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, what, whatever like, you get. Find a wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, okay. Um, yeah, so it's very relatable, man. Like, we've all been there. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, Ross is having a, a similar crisis, um, you know, but about Carol, like, how that's, like, changed his life, you know? He was obviously married. He's now not going to be married. At this point, he just seems self-indulgent from Ross, though. You think? Yeah, because it's been how long since him and Carol broke up? Like, it's been weeks and weeks and weeks at this point since the ultrasound um, or the sonogram. And I was like, why? Just get over it. Just move on. (laughs) (laughs) I think think that's, that's a tough thing to say, just because, like, Rachel is going through things, like, I guess her issues of money. And then Ross's is, how am I dealing with, like, a baby and now newly being single? But if, if that's what his issue was about, fine. But it's how he expresses it. It's so whiny and self-indulgent. Yes. And it's all, oh, this is the first time this happened. Carol wore this. Carol did that. We had this. And it's like, oh, my God, Ross, shut up. Like, I understand that you're upset. And I'm sure your friends will be there to support you. But you don't need to ruin your friend's day with... You're distressed. Yeah. Just keep it inside. And, you know, okay, he's it's had a day that's reminded him a lot of Carol. Uh, and I guess he's, he's not so much sad that he's single. Maybe that it's not with her. It, to me, it's just very, I guess, selfish. You know, like, yeah, he's going to obviously feel how he feels about himself. But at the same time, well, you know, it was an upsetting time for Carol. Carol's happy now. She's living her, you know, her best life. Yeah. Um, kind of sucks for Ross, but get over it. Like, I've been in a very similar situation, and yet it did suck for a while. Um, but what, a fortnight later, I was making jokes and, you know, trying to not bore you all to tears with how sad I was, as opposed to, you know, get ruining hockey. Like, hockey was the <laughs> salvation, not the let's ruin the hockey with woman talk. Well, yeah, I, I guess he's got to be planning for the future because future, he's looking back too much. Exactly. I just, just about Carol. Carol, it's like, yes, that, that was a thing, but it's time to look ahead for something new. And, you know, um, we've had hints of that with, with Rachel over the last few episodes, which he's done nothing about. No, even then was given the green light, which will come up next yeah. episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but we go, go to the hockey game, and I, f- I think I'm going to let you chat for about, or oh, sorry, rant well, <laughs> for the next few minutes. This is where I'm in deep, deep hockey nerd research mode. Um, if it's not come up in the podcast before, uh, I'm a big ice hockey fan, uh, specifically the NHL, specifically the New Jersey Devils, local rivals of the New York Rangers. Um, so when they were chatting about the date at the start when Joey and Chandler first offer Ross the tickets, and they say, oh, it's October 20th, is it October 20th? I went back and had a look. <laughs> the New York Rangers 
did not play the Pittsburgh Penguins on October 20th, 1994. They didn't play at all on that day. And I was like, well, that's a bit, that's a bit 4-4 breaking. Ruins my emergence a little bit. Probably the only person on the planet yeah. that afford to do that. Did it on myself. Um, but no, I obviously, as a Devils fan, any hockey fans out there were listening, know that 1994 was an unfortunate year for New Jersey. Um, we were beating, so obviously hockey season straddled two years. So you go 94, 95, 95, 96 and so on. The, at this point in time, the Rangers were the defending Stanley Cup champions. They'd previously won the Cup that year, and then this was the year they went on. They haven't won a Cup since. Right. But I'd just like to point out that for the entire history of Friends, since it started to now, the Rangers still haven't won a Cup. Um, but there's lots of weird hockey inaccuracies in this episode, because hockey being my sport, I decided to dig into it and have a look. <laughs> they go to MSG, where I've been. Um, uh, MSG? Yeah, MSG, Madison Square Garden. That, that, that's right. I was like, wait, <laughs> I said the last time. I was like, what is MSG for those <laughs> that don't know? Madison Square Garden, you know, the world's most famous arena. It's a very nice arena. I'll give the Rangers credit for that. It's a very, very cool building. Yep. Um, I haven't been on the tour, even though my friends keep telling me to go on the tour, but I can't bring myself to do it. Um, but it's a nice building. But anyway, so the, the guys go to hockey on their fictional hockey game that never actually happened. Um, but when they get there, they're sat down, they're watching the game. Well, well, before you carry on, I find it weird that their seats are not together. Like, how do you purposely pick seats on different rows? Unless, it, unless they're the last-minute tickets or something? It depends how you book. You could have got on resale, and they're like the closest seats together. Okay. How they hadn't noticed that before they got there, I don't know, because, you know, it's pretty obvious. Yeah. 21, 22, <laughs> they're like row four. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. That's different. Um, yeah, but they're not like they're far away. When Russ is like, oh, we're not sat together. It's not like one of them's at the bar at the top and then one's on the, like, the glass. Like, no. They're a row behind. Like, I, the last time I went to MSG to watch the Rangers lose to the Devils, it was a lovely, lovely day, there was myself and our friend Neil near the top. And then like six rows in front of us were our friends, Guy and Kate, who are married. One's a Devils fan, one's a Rangers fan. So that's always bantery, <laughs> bantery of rivalry games. And there were like eight rows in front of us. Um, you could talk fine. We were shouting at each other about you know, yeah. how you're losing and, you know, in polite phrases that Katie would shout back at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they're, they're not far apart, are they? No. <laughs> but still. But yeah, so they're stuck watching the game behind each other, but they're fine. And then this is where I get more hockey nerd, if it's possible. Whereas it shows you a shot on the ice. And the Rangers are in possession of the puck, breaking into Pittsburgh defensive zone. And Ross is shouting, get him, get him, get him. And I'm assuming that Ross is a Rangers fan, given that Joe is in a Rangers jersey and they're all from New York. Yep. So it makes zero reason for Ross to be cheering on Pittsburgh. But that point in the match, given on the clip that's edited in, Rangers have the puck. So you wouldn't want them to get checked because then they wouldn't have the puck. So I was like, that doesn't make any sense what's happening here. And then it quickly cuts back to the guys, cuts back, and then one of the Rangers completes a check on one of the Pittsburgh Flanders players as the puck's played out the zone. And I'm like, what happened? Like, it's an awfully edited clip, basically. I guess it's a bit of a friend's criticism. Well, well, yeah, as as someone who doesn't watch hockey, I'm just going, oh, there's people playing. Like, I'm not, I have no understanding of kind of the flow of of the match, really. if, If you look at it, essentially, you've got four people in the zone in the first clip with the Rangers in possession. Then it cuts back, and like a second later, it cuts back to the ice. And there's only one Ranger in the zone, completing a four-check as the Pittsburgh clear the zone. So you've not seen any of the play in between, and it doesn't make any sense. Right. Like, how did how do those two clips follow one from each other? And I know you're not supposed to think about it that deeply, but when Ice Hockey pops up in a TV show, I start paying attention, and I was like, <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. Not only did this game never happen, the on-ice action that they're reacting to doesn't make any sense either. Yeah. 
Uh, and that's when the puck flies through the air and smashes a, a Ross in the face, right on the nose. <laughs> it does, which, which would hurt, let me tell you. And, and is that something that could actually happen? Yes. Um, it doesn't happen very often. Uh, there's a really famous clip. So for those of you who are not hockey fans, there's a Canadian hockey pundit called Don Cherry, um, who's not in vogue at the minute. Um, and for the English audience, he's basically Canada's Joey Lineker. He's just his ex-player and coach and renowned pundit. Um, there's a really famous clip where a, the putt gets shot over the glass and hits a blonde lady on the head. Um, and she's all, you know, in pain and upset and chatting. And then it cuts back to Don Cherry, who starts ranting about, do you know why I'd hit her in the face? Because they're always yapping. Women are always <laughs> yapping. If you'd be paying attention to the game, you wouldn't get hit in the face. Um, which is such a really funny, famous clip, which always entertains me. Um, but yeah, it can happen. Um, okay. It probably wouldn't be going that fast. Because like, the, they're quite high up in the stands. Yeah, it would have to be one hell of a ricochet uh, to get up to where the guys are sat. Um, and the speed it's going at probably wouldn't be that fast. But that's not fun for comedy, so... But, but, but pucks are solid. Yep. Yeah. Three and a half inches of carbonized rubber. Yeah. Um, I play ice hockey, and I've been hit by many of them. I play defense, so it's my job to jump in front of them sometimes. It's not fun. <laughs> you definitely feel it. You definitely feel it in the face. Um, in fact, the damage the puck does to Russ's face visually is nothing compared to what it would probably look like. Yeah. Uh, it'd be like gory, but you don't want to see that when you're trying to eat your tea. I, I do like the way Joey doesn't care about Ross being hit in the face because he's got to grab the puck, having a little while argument with another guy. Get straight in there, get that puck. Um, that's what I'd do. Like, if we were at a game and one of you got hit in the face by a puck, I'd be getting the puck first because then <laughs> I've got the puck. <laughs> the, the one that hit you in the face. Yeah, either I can keep it, but like, remember when this hit you? Or I can go, look, Mark, I caught the puck that hit you in the face. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's got some of your teeth in it. <laughs> the your skin stuck to the front. But yeah, you would, of course you get the puck. Well, before we go to the emergency room, we're just going to have a quick break. With a purposeful grimace and a terrible smile, join Nikki and Wyatt as we stomp our way through the history of Toho's Daikaiju films in Discuss All Monsters. Are you telling me we're going to discuss all monsters? We won't stop until there isn't a monster left to discuss. Smash that play button like Godzilla and King Kong smash an 18th century Japanese pagoda. Only on the Greenlit Podcast Network. We're the Spirit Hunters, and we're a show that treats Hunter Hunter and Yu Yu Hakusho's author as the center of the universe. Some weeks, we do linguistic analysis. So the Chinese meaning of this character is to smelt or refine. But so the changed meaning in Japanese, it means to temper. Other times, we get absolutely smashed. So we take one shot every time. Yusuke uses the ray gun. One hour later. This is the least coherent episode. <laughs> Sarah, you're... I think your apartment is you can find out more about the Spirit Hunters right here on the Greenlit Podcast Network. So we're back at the emergency room, and uh, let's find out what happens there. Listen, it's kind of an emergency. Well, I guess you'd know that or we'd be in the predicament room. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Fill these out. Sit over there. Look, 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 I don't want to make any trouble, okay, but I'm in a lot of pain here, all right? My face is dented. Well, you'll have to wait your turn. Well, how long do you think it'll be? Any minute now. Why is it the receptionists in hospitals on TV are just always evil? Stress. Because <laughs> <laughs> they should be the nicest person you meet when, when going there, because, you know, you're the one who's ill and injured. 
I mean, given how much American healthcare costs, I'd, yeah. I'd want like almost like next level customer service. I want to walk in and be like, "Hi there, <laughs> yeah. nice to meet you. Would you like a coffee?" Like, I'd want to like I'm entering a five star hotel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, she's not the nicest of people in the world, is she? No, uh, and obviously we skipped over her talking about her chocolate bar. Yeah, she's not phone. satisfied. Like, the fact that that kind of system even exists where you can call a company to complain, like you can do it. My nan's done it to Cadbury before and was sent some free chocolates. <laughs> but it's just odd. Who, how bored is his woman and not seriously just take her job? If more well, at work, she's going to do that. Well, pro tip, on the back of all the sweets, they say, are you not satisfied with this? Email us, all right. If you do, they generally do send you free stuff. So if you do want some like free candy or whatever, write them a nice letter. You can even give them a compliment. That also works. Uh, you'll get you'll get some free stuff. It's worth doing. <laughs> oh, shoot some emails up after this. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Monica, uh, Phoebe, and Rachel uh, back at the apartment are bummed out as they realise they don't have a plan with their lives. Uh, but things turn for the better as they get George Stephanopoulos's pizza. Again, who the, the title of the episode? Uh, and and you know this is the first time he's kind of basically mentioned. Uh, but this is where the girls get a bit pervy with their binoculars uh, looking out the window. Yeah, this is very problematic, as, <laughs> as you would say nowadays. Now, now, you see this in, like, a lot of American sitcoms, and, like, The Simpsons and Frasier have done this, where they all have, like, uh, telescopes looking out their windows. I guess if you're in high-rises, uh, it's, it's a great way for you to, to check out what other people around the city are doing. But... I lived in a high-rise apartment, 19th floor. Not once did I think, <laughs> let's pop a telescope out the window <laughs> and see what's going on. <laughs> Uh, but it's, it is stranger for them to, to want to do. Like if it was with Chandler and Joey, Joey especially, p- perhaps. I, c- I could see that more, but but Monica? It's, I mean, they're a very voyeuristic group, to be fair, given that they are. you've got George Stephanopoulos and Ugly Naked guys. Like how much time do you guys spend actually staring through windows? And is this something that's common in New York? Yeah, I, I wonder. So if, if you're in New York, write us, let us know. <laughs> we want to know. Do you just spend your days looking out the window at other people's houses? Are you doing it right now? They're listening to us for <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I'm sorry, he's, he's naked again. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to watch. And why does no one close their curtains? Yeah, have some blinds at least. <laughs> uh, so this bit of the episode is quite dated. I had no idea who George was, and neither did you. Nope. Uh, maybe it's because we're British. Uh, but he was actually a former White House advisor and a TV host. Well, Monica explains it to Rachel uh, in the episode of who he is. And I was still like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Like, it just... It's called cultural thing, isn't I, it? I, I, well, I, I don't know why he's featured. There must have been something at the time happening to to use him. Yeah, like, did he famously live in that part of New York? Like, was he just well, a figure of fun? I don't know. Well, this is the thing, right? So, like, Soho is a, a very popular place for the, the rich and wealthy, I guess. Which makes it even weirder that she's... Living op- well, the Monica is living opposite someone who works at the White House. Well, they, they mentioned this in later episodes about rent control and different rent laws that the New York kind of state put in. So while they could carry on living, they could still afford to live there. So it was how long Monica's grandma would live there. And yeah. because she'd paid that rent, they couldn't raise the rent so she could still afford to live there. Otherwise, if they had to start a new lease, she could never afford to live there. So it does get referenced at one point. Yeah. I assume from lots of critics being like, how the hell can they afford to live there, given it's this huge apartment in the middle of Soho? Uh, but it does get referenced at some point. But that, that, that does not explain Joey, though. No. Although, well, actually, Chandler pays for... The rent and their apartments are hugely different to be fair they are yes <laughs> monica's is lovely like you look it, it is the big apartment it's, really. yeah, it's the big apartment it's huge and then the boys is basically four boxes that <laughs> <on them>. yeah. <laughs> uh 
Uh, so back at the hospital, uh, Ross uh, talks about his first time. I remember the moonlight coming in through the open window and her face had the most incredible glow. Yes, the moon, the glow, the magical feeling. You did this part. Could I get some painkillers over here, please? <laughs> He's right, enough already. What is the big deal about today? So you slept with her for the first time. So what? You slept with her for seven years after that. Look, it's just a little more complicated. But what, that. what, what is it? That she left you, that she likes women, that she left you for another woman that likes women? A little louder, okay? I think there's a man on the 12th floor in a coma who didn't quite hear you. <laughs> then what? My first time with Carol was... was my first what? <laughs> it was my first... This is a little bit odd. So uh, many questions. <laughs> yeah. So the the first one is later on we actually find out that, that Ross had been with someone else. Anyway. Is this the old librarian? Yes. Because I'm sure it's like they never actually go into detail about what he and she got up to. They said that she had like gentle eyes and all this kind of stuff, but <laughs> yeah. he doesn't explicitly say they had sex. No. So they could have just made out and had, you know, a flirty relationship. So I give them I'll cover that plot hole for Okay. Friends. One thing that I won't cover or what give a free pass on is why does your sister know about the first time you had sex and your friend from high school slash college doesn't? No. Like, I'm more likely to phone you and go, Mark just got laid. They call my <laughs> yeah. sister and go, hey, sis, guess what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, just, it's just odd to me. And then... Well, well, because my theory was that, that maybe, you know, it'd been like a drunken night and they'd all had stories, but then it's like, where were the guys then? Like... That makes it even weirder, if, if, if that's the way I'm thinking of it. Especially because they hint in earlier episodes when Phoebus says how much she misses Carol, and that made me wonder how, how involved was Carol in the group. Yeah. Why, why isn't this a general thing? Like, and, unless, unless Carol was more into the group, but then she told Phoebe, who told Monica, perhaps? I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's just weird that his sister knows and his best mate doesn't. No. Um, it's just odd. He, he does go very over the top about it. He does. I mean, I don't know why he needs to describe it in the way he's <laughs> no, using the terms no. he's using. Like, I'm very happy you had a lovely time, Russ, and <laughs> yeah. I understand you're upset, but your friends don't need all of the details. Well, it's the fact he remembers the, the dates and everything else going on. I, I bet most people can't. I mean, I can barely remember last week, let alone. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, don't I remember my first time, but I wouldn't sit here and regale you with tales of, you know... The <laughs> No, we, we don't need to, to no, know that. Exactly. That is too much like, detail. Skip. <laughs> uh, so, so going back to the girls, uh, they talk about some mean things. The Valentine Tommy Rollerson left in your locker was really from me. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh, hello. Like he was really going to send you one. <laughs> she was a big girl. <laughs> really? Well, at least... Big girls don't pee in their pants in seventh grade. I was laughing. You made me laugh. Oh my I God, there he is. You. There he is. Hi, there he is. Where? Right where we've been looking all night. <laughs> oh, he's so cute. Oh, George, baby, drop the towel. Drop the towel. Yeah, come come on, on, drop the towel. We can do it. Drop the towel. Wow. So, yeah, it's interesting to find that they're not nice people to each other. I mean, 
these kind of drunken confession games are always a bad idea. Yes. Because every friendship group, especially when you've known each other for such extended periods of time, there are skeletons in all of the closets. And it's just, no, it's just a terrible idea. Yeah, you, you find out after many years that it was actually your friend that <laughs> did that mean thing to you yeah. that you've all joked about and been upset about. Yeah, just it. You, just, you bring it up when you're drunk because it sounds like a funny story, but tomorrow when you wake up, everyone remembers what happened. Yeah. And it's just, no, don't do that game. But I think you said this in, in the first episode, you know, that's what friends are. Friends are not always nice to each other. No. They, they do poke fun at each other and, and do things like that. Yeah, it's part of what makes the, the group and the show feel so natural. Yes. Um, and we, we get another mention of uh, Monica being fat again. Yep, Fat Monica. Fat Monica's fantastic. I know you shouldn't mock people for their weight and all this, you know, stuff. But the first time you see Fat Monica, it's hysterical. Yeah. It, it's nothing but the makeup's so well done, and it still somehow looks so much like Monica. It's fantastic. But it, but it's the way she acts as well because she acts pretty much the same as she does now. But because she's fat, it takes on like a, a different tone. It, yeah, it's brilliant. I, I, I guess it's almost like uh, there's a, a famous female actress, but she she always plays the comedy parts. But that's because she's larger. And I guess it's, it's that sort of thing, isn't it? Where it's like, oh, you know, fat people are funny. I guess, like when Jonah Hill lost weight and everyone said that he wasn't funny. Anymore, <laughs> yeah. Don't think they're related. No. no. Um, so, yeah, the, the first few episodes here have really planted like a whole lot of seeds um, without being like totally obvious about it. Like the, these are things that the writers have clearly thought this will be funny to put in. But I don't think they had any grand plan for, yeah, for this stuff. Yeah, I huge amounts of foreshadowing. Um, what I do like about the clip we just played is when obviously Monica and Phoebe and the guys on the balcony perving on George um, and then when Phoebe goes he's there he's there and they're like freak out where where and Phoebe's like right where we've been looking all night <laughs> it, it almost sounds like a channel line it's so sarcastic <laughs> it's just like oh my god but yeah very funny and it reminds me of my I actually have been thinking about it since you asked it earlier my favourite joke from the episode it's when Rachel's having her little midlife crisis and Monica says to Phoebe, Phoebe, have you got a plan? And Phoebe responds says, I don't even have a plan. <laughs> <laughs> it just has me in a step. Should we give that the, the line then? I think we should. My joke. It's my joke. There we go. That's, that's the... Yeah, my joke is definitely, <laughs> I don't even have a plan. <laughs> it's, it's just a play with words and I love it. Uh, so we end up back at the hospital and the nurse points out how attractive Ross now looks with his metal plates on his face. Which <laughs> <laughs> you look at and you're like, was that a real medical thing? Like, did you just strap metal to people's faces? Yeah, it's, he, he looks like a, an X-Men reject. <laughs> <laughs> he really does. But, you know, imagine if you saw that in the street, you'd be like, what is that? Like, you wouldn't be like, oh, he's obviously hurt himself. Maybe it was commonplace in the 90s. Maybe you were like, ah, oh, broken nose. Yeah. <laughs> it just looks odd. Uh, Joey gives the, the puck to a kid and uh, Ross ends up tackling the kid to get his yeah, puck back. Fight over the puck, which is fair. I, 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 you know, I, I think it's fair. You uh, the puck to the face, you get to keep the puck. It is a bit weird that it's a 25-year-old man fighting like an 8-year-old. <laughs> you say that, I can picture me doing it. Yeah. Like, no, child, give me that puck. <laughs> I would take it off the kid. But it's the way that Joey's just like, let go of it really as well. It's not fun anymore. Like, no. He's, he's done like his puck zooming in his own face. Like, <laughs> Joey's had his fun with the puck, he's over it. Uh, but then there's an accident and the puck ends up zooming off into the receptionist's face. And I, I guess that's the, the, the joke there. It's like, this is a mean person. She's getting what, what's coming to her. She's got to come up and see yeah. Not totally sure if I agree with that, but it's still, still funny. I mean, pucks hurt <laughs> yeah. when they hit you. So it's a bit excessive. At least it's an accident. It's not like they just pitched no. the puck at her face. 
Um, but they, they make it out quick, though. They don't go after their puck or anything. They're, they're out of there. See, I would. I'd go get the puck. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> also, I'm really sorry. It's while hiding your laughter. Yeah. Like, while you're on the ground holding your face, I'm just going to pick this up. <laughs> Uh, and then the episode ends with everyone playing Twister, uh, that classic game and everyone being fine at the end. Yes. Well, it's this nice moment where Visa call Rachel back um, and asks, you know, how, how's her life basically? And, you know, doing their duty of care slash predatory spending habit. Um, and she says, oh, I'm fine. I've got magic beans. And yeah. it's just like, no, oh, it's a really like, nice moment. <laughs> I guess I'm getting sentimental in my old age. I, I think you are, because I noticed that when uh, Ross has to tag in, uh, he's standing behind... Uh, Monica or Phoebe bent over and he does like, he does a pose of like, oh, this it's, is, this is Joey, awkward. Joey stood there like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 is, yeah. Ross is just looking at him like, oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, I'm like, no, forget that. I like the sentimental <laughs> yeah. little, little line from Rachel. Um, yeah, th- this is a little bit similar to, to the third episode to me in like, nothing really happens. You just get to know a little bit more about the characters and their personalities. Um, we, we, we're treading over a little bit of old ground with Carol again. Because yeah. uh, this is only the fourth episode. Um, yeah, I think the, the show's struggling at this point to to set up where is Ross emotionally. Like, there's yes. still this traumatic event from Carol that you don't just want to wash over because then the audience is going to be like, "Hello, his wife's a lesbian." Like, you, it's a big issue. Um, but then at the same time, for the future of your show, you need to push the Ross and Rachel angle, and it's trying to balance the how quickly do we leave one for the other. Um, which I guess will come up in the next episode. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a tough act to balance, I imagine. Yeah, because for us, we're seeing it as a weekly show and they're going, no, months and months have passed. Yeah, and should. if you pick up on that, you're like, oh, well, things don't seem as fast as they should be. But you'd, you'd expect Ross to mention it less frequently as the series goes on, but you've had four episodes and immediately we're watching them back to back because we can. Yeah. But I suppose you'd feel like, first episode, it's a giant issue. Second episode, bring up a couple of times. Third episode, maybe once. Fourth, maybe stop. Yeah, but they don't. It's yes, all it's, it's all over the place. Yeah, um, no, but it's, it's it's a fine episode. Um, I think there's there's some moments in there that, that do stand out, and some that have definitely aged, like George Stephanopoulos. Yeah, it doesn't work. I always like seeing bits of the sizzle reel in the title episodes. So if I watch an episode that has a scene from the title in it, I always enjoy going. Oh, that's the bit. <laughs> yeah. um, I know it's another part of an episode where when Phoebe's lying on the ground, when they ask her if she's got a plan, she's got her hair draped over her face. Right. Yeah. And then like she moves her hair to have a conversation. But if you watch the shot in the episode and look at the shot from the title sequence, they're different angles. Oh, okay. So they must have filmed that twice at least to get different shots. Well, this, this is one thing we haven't brought up yet is the, the cut content and deleted scenes. Uh, so if you're watching on Netflix, you get the, the aired version, generally. Mm-hmm. Um, on the DVDs, though, or certain versions of the DVDs, you get the cut content put back in. And it's not just deleted scenes as like a separate thing. It's just part of the, the, the show. Um, so there, there's, uh, I forget if it's in the first episode now, but there's a scene that was cut where you have uh, Phoebe down in the subway and she's actually doing her, her song there. Mm. Uh, they cut all that out because it didn't actually work too well as a scene, but also they had recording issues. So in that scene, they, they had issues where they actually had to get um, Lisa back in to, to re-record over it, the lines, because they had stairs going down into the subway and Phoebe's there singing. Uh, but the stairs were just like balsa wood. So all the extras coming down and just making all this noise. So it's all in the audio track. Uh, so they cut it out for that reason, but it's, it's back in the DVDs. Um, just like an extra, but there's lots of cut scenes 
And I think uh, what we're going to do is, is actually go through those cutscenes at a later date and discuss them separately. Sounds very cool. There's, there's bits of Friends I haven't seen. There's a lot of Friends you haven't seen. Exciting. Um, there's some actually really funny jokes that, that get cut, uh, either for, for time reasons, I assume, or just because it doesn't fit the pace of the show or whatever. Um, there's, there's some really good, good stuff there. So we'll probably come back maybe towards the end of Series 1 and just go through every scene. Oh, a little extra bits. Yeah. <laughs> do that um but yeah i think that's it for now so ryan where can people find you if they want to hear more of your your dulcet tones as always you can find me at gamehype.co.uk and the critical geeks podcast on the hype from my heaven podcast and that's about it really that's a lot of podcasts you do yeah i talk a lot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and you can find me at uh, fuzzballs.co where i do a cute comic strip featuring a cat a tiger and a bunny as they just go through slices of life as they look for adventure friendship and food a bit like the friends i guess uh and i sell a load of merch there so you can go and check that out and buy a load of stuff <laughs> plug. <laughs> yeah plug 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 uh but yeah i'm really looking forward to uh episode five because i think this is where friends actually like starts to to take shape more and starts to kick off a gear yeah episode five is, is one of the classic episodes like you, you fit, if i was in this my top 10 friends episodes this is definitely in. oh really okay this, this is going to be an exciting one so make sure you tune back in next week uh you can also find us at uh, watchingfriends.com where you'll see all the latest episodes and you can find us on twitter and facebook at uh, watch friends pod so make sure you subscribe like us you know hang out with us and chat to us send us your messages and tell us what you think of the show as well yeah so until next time catch you later